Life Audio. Hi, I'm Cynthia Garrett, and welcome to Girl Club. We'll be right with you after these messages. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. Happy Monday or whatever day you're watching or listening. Welcome to Girl Club. I'm Cynthia Garrett. Real girls, real talk about real issues, seeking to apply real faith. That's what we do around here. And that's what we are. And we're, we've been in the middle of a dialogue about identity these last weeks here. Honestly, I'm just probably going to say that everything we talk about uh, always relates to identity. Who are we in this world? What's our job? What's our calling? What's our life supposed to look like? What are our words supposed to sound like? Um, These are the questions that I ask myself all of the time. And this is a lot of what we talk about here. And uh, the we in Girl Club, who are the real girls? Well, um, I am blessed with an, an amazing tribe, and the entire tribe is in the studio today. So why don't you welcome your Girl Club co-hosts and regular tribe, my family, my sisters in Christ, my uh, doers of life, <laughs> and the and the chicks who listen to me moan and complain when stuff is just really stressful, and it's been a crazy week, and it's only Monday. So, um, welcome everyone, and uh, please say hello to Christina Reynolds, Christina Boudreau, and Nova Page. Hey, y'all, as people kind of chime in from around the world and join us, um, I just want to say for all of you listening on podcast, please, um, throughout this podcast, don't forget to comment. Your comments help us to grow. If you're watching live stream, which I mean, you really need to be watching live stream, which you can do through Cynthia Garrett Ministries YouTube channel. And the reason why is because these girls are so pretty. <laughs> so, so just because they're not only beautiful on the inside, but also on the outside, you might try joining us on stream sometime. It's pretty cool. Um, good morning, you guys. How are you? Good morning. Yeah. Good morning, We're sunshine. here. Thank you. I don't feel like sunshine. I feel like a rain cloud today. (laughs) But but we're here. Yeah. Like Christina says, we're here. Um, Anybody have any interesting, I don't know, things to share between last week where we sort of left last week with me kind of asking, I think, everyone to, um, you know, sort of think about the things that maybe they're getting told about their identity from the enemy that may or may not be accurate. Like what negative voices are telling you negative things about yourself? What are you hearing? You know, what do you need to come against? But I'm just curious if you guys have had any interesting sort of identity breakthroughs. I think I have. (laughs) Oh, I don't know. I was an identity. Well, maybe like a little, a little bit. Um, I feel like I was just telling Anna, I was like, I feel like I just show like the last like few months have just been showing up and like have like nothing to give. And it's been kind of like a struggle. Like you said, Cynthia, you're showing up, you're feeling like a rain cloud. I kind of feel like I've just been a rain cloud for months. And um, so I've just kind of been in this wrestle of like a faith of like, what does Christianity look like in my life right now being 36 years old in this season of my life being fully involved my kids, nothing on the outward, feeling like a failure, being like disillusioned with church, all this stuff, you know, all this stuff. And um, I re- actually realized this week, um, wow, I have been like avoiding, like going to the Lord and like really processing how I actually feel. And, you know, I'm like, I'm reading my Bible, I'm worshiping, I'm doing all the things, but that like genuine heart connect, like, man, I'm really disappointed. I feel forgotten I feel all you know being really real with him I've been avoiding and um I feel like I've been and I realized this week I was like oh my gosh I haven't wanted to go to him because I feel like an imposter you know you guys have probably all heard of imposter syndrome it's a thing that like a lot of Gen Z and millennials deal with 
of feeling like just, man, I'm not really who I say I am or who am I. It really at the end of the day is an identity crisis. And I think that was kind of like a big realization this week as I've been just for one, just going to him and being honest, repenting for all of my anger. Cause I realized, wow, there's a lot of anger here. And, um, you know, what's crazy is that once I just did that, <laughs> I stopped feeling like an imposter. I feel like I could just go to him. You know, you know, that place where you like go to the Lord and you feel fully accepted in all of your junk. And there's like not one doubt in your mind that like you belong to him. I like, I didn't realize that I wasn't living like that for like a few months now. I've been living like an imposter in this body of the shell of Christina because I didn't have it all together. And I think I've expressed that, you know, in a couple podcasts ago where I'm like, oh, I just, I shouldn't be dealing with this still is what I kept saying to myself. Like I, and then even the, there was one podcast that our little, our baby sister Summer was like, Christina, you don't have to fix yourself. You know, like, like it's like everyone's like screaming in my mind or screaming it at me. And I'm like, finally it clicked this week where I'm like, why am I sitting here thinking that I'm an imposter? What am I talking about an imposter? Like Jesus loves me. And like, I don't have to have it together. When have I ever had it together? So I kind of had this, it was a small breakthrough in a sense that I am not feeling that like, okay, I have to like, get it together before I can like actually come to him and, and before I can actually be a blessing on this podcast or before I can actually be a blessing to those around me. Cause those were the lies. It was like, man, you are so weak. You have all these anger issues. You're mad at everybody. Like you're in your mid thirties. You're like a grown up. You should have it together. Like all I was, wow, that's crazy. So I had a little bit of a, a little bit of a breakthrough where I allowed myself, I made myself humble myself before the Lord. And I just expressed everything to him in the realest, rawest form. And I I do feel that like sweet connect now where I'm like, oh, okay, I don't have the answers to what my life is supposed to look like, to like who Mm. I am fully or anything like that. It's not like any of those answers came, but I finally feel okay to be like, oh, but it's the process. It's the journey. And I am not an imposter. Like, I just have to say that. I, like, I, I feel like, I don't know, I don't hear enough people sit, talk about it, but when I bring it up, like, everyone's like, oh my God, I feel like that too. Like, I, I feel like, I feel like I'm just putting on this pretend show or that I'm trying so hard to, or a poser, you want to put in that way. So I feel like that's kind of like broken off this week. I don't feel like 100% amazing, but I do feel this tenderness of like, I can go to the Lord and, and he can begin that process of like putting me back together. I guess. So that's my little tiny little breakthrough. I want more, but that's my tiny little, like, like little light, light bulb in my head going, Oh, stop it. (laughs) You know, what's amazing about that, Christina is, you know, your, your generation, especially right. Even more than mine, because I, at your age, um, I was not, like, I, and I often say this, you know, when I was sort of coming up and, um, you know, and, and working in, in Hollywood a lot, you know, it was like the only thing I wanted. So it was the, my life's consumption. All my friends were in Hollywood. Uh, my language was Hollywood. My everything was Hollywood and working on television, secular television. And it, and I guess I should just say it was just a lot more worldly, but it's interesting. I always say that, but we didn't come up, my generation, we didn't have the spotlight of social media on us in the same way. So we got to like make mistakes and go through things without the world watching. Mm-hmm. I imagine all the time that it must be so crazy difficult to be in your thirties, you know, and then down like now. Right. So like maybe from like, I don't know, 40 and under and to have come up with this real, light, this real social media thing, this, you know, like a firm friend, look at me, look at my best life. Like by the time you get to Summer's generation, um, Summer's one of our, our young members who's not, she's not with us today. She's in class and she's 23. And I can't even imagine like, mm. how yeah. do you feel like anything but an imposter? Because mm. everything about their whole, the whole presence on social media that people have is it's imposter syndrome. It's not real. 
taking a picture of like my perfect meal in a restaurant is not real because all my meals don't look like that. You know, do I, you know what I mean? Like, do you ever yeah. take a picture of the drive through window at, you know, Chick-fil-A or like, like, you know what I mean? It's, I don't know. It's just, there's this standard that, and it seems like the imposter, not the rest of us, but it is causing all of us in a lot of ways to process, I think, identity crises, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. Cynthia, this last week I was in, I spent the entire week in St. Pete, Florida and an hour south of St. Pete in Punta Gora was where the hurricane hit, you know? And so all of my friends from St. Pete, I came there last week to share with their, like, their school of ministry and their young adults, junior high and high school um, ministry. And also their, we did like a girls event, but basically I came in during the week um, when they had gone there, uh, they sent teams down to Punta Gora to do missions and clean up and then come back. And they literally said that the whole identity of that area had completely changed. People were drowning in their homes because the water had flooded so much. Like I'm talking like, freeways completely blown away like buildings ripped apart like you know like the metal like light fixtures completely you know like our street lights completely just bent over and it was so crazy because they said that when they went there it's like they went here it is these people's lives were completely destroyed there were sharks swimming in the street because everything was so flooded you know but these teams that went down there sent by my friend's church right that i was at all week in st pete florida the calvary there went to home to home, right, in these vans to clean up, to pray for people and to remind them of of their identity when their identity had been completely stripped from them. You know, like their homes, like their cars, like everything about their life. And it was so beautiful because the one thing that even when everything was stripped from them that they could hold on to was that they were a loved child of God, you know, Mm -hmm. and it was such a beautiful breakthrough for these people where they were like, Oh, like, because I have Jesus, like Job, right? Everything could have been stripped for me. Like our whole lives are turned upside down, but because I have the Lord, it's so amazing. And it's such a beautiful picture of what you were saying, Christina, with this generation and even like Cynthia, where for them, like everything in their lives is based off of this like external image, right? But what Mm -hmm. if you were to take that away? 99% of them can't tell you who they are. But like when you put Christ in the midst and he's like, no, this is who you are. Like he is the answer for, for them, you know, for this generation, just like he was answer for these people in Punta Gora who lost everything. And it's, and I love Christina, just you going into those intimate places. Cause it's such a picture of my friends going into those intimate places with these people, you know, completely undone by their whole houses being turned upside down, like everything like you are a loved child of God. And it's like, he's putting that identity back together when everything is stripped and crumbling, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, I just want to add that. Cause I thought that was just like, kind of went along with that. No, it's mm-hmm. interesting. You it's know, good. looking at, looking at the images from Florida, it, it's like when everything is destroyed, whether you've destroyed it yourself or whether something else has destroyed it, it's like, I guess the only opportunity is that you can rebuild it better. And I mean, and that is rather a big identity kind of awareness issue is that I think, you know, God is constantly trying to destroy that which doesn't work in us to rebuild it better, you know, so that it Mm -hmm. does work. And I think, you know, Christina Reynolds, like what you said about I finally got real with him and just went to him and said, okay, I'm, this is what is going on with me. It's like, it's like, it's not like he didn't know, but I think there's something about when you get to that place where you do it, I think there's just truly an acknowledgement that's gone on inside of yourself that you've come to the end of yourself, you know? Mm -hmm. And when you're at the end of yourself, that's where God can finally begin because there's just no more pretense between you and him. Right. It's like, it's easy to have pretense with everyone else, but it's, you know, I think, look, I think there's a lot of us that feel, you know, on some days, you know, there is a bit of a performance. We talked about this last week, you know, there is a bit of a performance 
in your identity. You know, there is a bit of an imposter because you feel like, I mean, like if I just, you know, started, like I think what, you know, I said at the beginning uh, when we opened up today, uh, you know, whoa, I'm stressed. It's, it's, you know, it's been a crazy week and it's only Monday. And it's like, I mean, but if we took the lid off of, it's like, well, you know, my husband's got to have more tests. My, my, you know, my, this, my, that the car pick up this and the, and the, you know, and the other car, which, you know, which left us stranded on the freeway. And so we ended up in Palm Springs stuck for two days. And like, there's just all this stuff where sometimes you realize like, you know, to unload it all is kind of nuts, but you got to be able to be real with someone. So, you know, hopefully that realness is between you and the Lord because he's got to walk you through it. And it's not that you're being, that there's an imposter or, you know, a fake. It's just that you're trying to cope in the middle of it. And, you know, even as I talk about it, what it, what it reminds me to do, and this is something for all of you, what it reminds me to do is to remember to have grace with, for, for others, you know, to have grace with each other because, you know, sometimes someone will chime in in the middle of the day and take my lack of response or my quick response or something and run off to the races of their own identity issue. And, and, you know, they don't understand, you know, okay, well, you know, I'm sitting here two hours in waiting for, you know, the tow truck to come and tow a brand new car, which shouldn't be needing a new battery. And it's like the second car, like, like everything like that can go wrong in our lives sometimes is just, you know, a reminder to me that in our struggles to walk in our identity, you know, it, other people are going through the same thing. It's not just about you. It's not just Mm -hmm. about me, you know? And I think, you know, the beautiful thing, when I, when I listen to what you say, Christina, today, it's, it's not just the breakthrough that's beautiful. It's the compassion that I know God gives you in the breakthrough, you know, cause you always share your compassion with others. You know, when you're, when you've gone through something or you're going through something, I mean, I can say that honestly about each of you, you know, you're very compassionate with other people, you know, and, and you're very, you're loving, you know, in what you're going through, you, you, give back the lesson, you know, and, um, a lot of people don't give back the lesson. They just, they vacuum through the experience and they keep moving and they never stop to really, I think, connect in with, well, why am I actually here? Yeah. I guess your original question, Cynthia was, you know, what breakthrough have you experienced this week? And, Um, I think I've been in the process of breaking through um, the past five months. So it's been a very small um, incremental breakthrough. And I think the time piece is really generous of the Lord. And I've I've come out of an an environment that I would consider to be toxic um, that, you know, when the message is get saved and start doing for Jesus. And um, when my internal conversation, um, I guess, can go from me doing for God, from that to reveling in what Christ has done for me, that's when my breakthrough started. And that's when I truly began to live. And I feel really grateful for that space that the Lord has given me. And what for me that when I started that, it started in getting therapy for um, trauma because it can be incredibly traumatizing to be told, do, do, do. I once heard a pastor say, I'll stop doing when I die for God. And it negates that space where we can know that we can just sit in what God has done for us. And out of that place um, is a huge shift that we, we just be that we just live loved that. um, Yeah. We live out of that identity that we always talk about. So 
I guess that's my, my breakthrough that I've been going through. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. You know, we, we've, for those of you who are just tuning in, in talking about identity, we've been running through uh, kind of 14 critical things for you to remember as you struggle and as you break through. And in the last few weeks, we touched on the fact that we're called saints. You know, you're a saint. Mm. Um, The second was that you're blessed. The third is that you're appreciated, which we spent some significant time on last week. I mean, you're appreciated by God. (laughs) Summer actually was uh, used as my angel too, (laughs) Christina, a few nights ago um, when she had a word for me about being appreciated. And, you know, it was one of those words and one of those times where you know that God is talking through somebody else, but it's God talking, you know, and reminding you of something that no one else knows that you cried out to him about, you know, and, and in moving forward, it's interesting because the fourth one, and I would think this is really odd that this would be on a list of things to remind you to remember is part of the DNA of your identity, you know, as a believer. Um, But it is. And that's that you're saved. And that's such a big one. Thanks to Jesus's sacrifice on the cross, you're saved, you know, from sin, from death, from Satan, and from your old human nature and your old patterns of worldly living. So you can respond in gratitude to your salvation by doing good works that God has prepared for you to do and to help others discover relationship with God and help redeem this fallen world. And I guess when I, when I read through this particular study, um, that's, this is a lot deeper actually than I think we really dissect or talk about because as Christians, you know, we sort of throw it around like I'm saved. She's saved. He's saved, you know, but do we talk enough about what we're saved from, you know, because it's a present active saving. It didn't just happen and now it's over. So like we're in the process of being saved daily because we're saved period. And I find that to be so powerful. Um, and then, of course, I'm going to throw out, I'm going to throw some scriptures out because I, I want, you know, for those of you listening, I, I always want you to, you know, be able to go look somewhere at the scripture so you know that this isn't just us telling you this. But Romans 10 verses 9 and 10 says, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you're saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it's with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And John 5.24 says, very truly I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged but has crossed over from death to life. So when you think about like the struggles, right? And the imposter syndrome and the identity crises that we can often be in spiritually, I think it's kind of critical that we stop and remind ourselves that we're saved. We were saved. We are saved we are being saved even in this very moment, like we're actively saved. And if you really apply that, just that sentence to whatever it is you're going through, like I'm in a horrible situation and I don't feel healthy, but I'm saved. He's saving me. And in that saving, he has all these promises. One of them is health. You know, um, I'm, in a, I'm in a place of fear, Lord, but you're saving me from it because I'm saved. I was already saved. Oh, right. And you didn't give me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. That's what you did when you saved me. So whatever this fear is or these lies are that are trying to speak against your identity, just you can know that they're lies. 
because they're not a part of your identity. If you're saved, you're also saved from fear. If you're saved, you're also saved from whatever it is that you might have to like just bleh out of your mouth before the Lord about what you're feeling and going through. But you're saved from it. You know? I think we're not saved from experiencing fear because we're going to experience it. We're saved from letting fear be have the last word. Mm. That's right. good. Right. And I think when we're experiencing fear in a way, I guess maybe no, but maybe it's just human that we're going to experience these things. It is human. hundred percent. We are going to experience it. We're actually promised it, but that's where Jesus went. It's not like, well, see you later, go be fearful. And then when you get it together, then you come back to me. He's like, let Mm -hmm. me just dive in with you, Nova, Cynthia, Christina. Let me just dive in with you. Let's put on, Mm -hmm. in fact, I think of it like, you know, jumping out of a plane and like, it's either you jump alone with your parachute or you just, Jesus is around you. And he's like, this is is wild, but I'm right here with you. And you know, we're going to land, but I'm with you. Mm -hmm. I'm going to land with you. And you're going to experience all the fear of falling, but I'm right here. I think mm. that's the space where I just get really, I just feel really thankful for Jesus that he, like you said, saved me, but saves me and is with me. And I, I know mm. we always say it, but he is the God of the with. He is yeah. with us in it. And that is such a deep thought because we can say it. But unless, like you said, Christina, we just roll it all out there and throw it all out there. Like, I'm in this pit, Lord. And he says, I'm with you, Christina. Yeah. I love what you said, Nova, because, like, if you were to think of even, like, Job, right? Like, the one thing that Satan couldn't touch with Job was his salvation. You know, Mm -hmm. like, he lost his family. You know, he lost his kids. He lost his home, all his things, his health. But the one thing he couldn't touch was his eternity. And even when you think of like, you know, even Daniel, I was going through the book of Daniel last week and the book of Daniel and Daniel was thrown in the lion's den, you know, and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fire. Yeah, they could, you know, singe their, you know, like they, they could get singed by fire. They could get eaten by a bear, like all those things. But what they couldn't touch was their salvation you know like that is secure and when I was in college like my I went to UC Riverside like my bachelor's degree is in religious studies like we studied all the faiths from like the Hindu point of view you know the Hinduism from a Hindu point of view Islam from is like Muslim point of view and all of these faiths are having to work for salvation Mm -hmm. they have to do to be good enough to get reincarnated x amount of times to achieve nirvana but christianity is the only one that says where christ said i'm gonna do it so that you could have salvation you don't have to do anything but just receive that gift and i remember even my the lady that was in charge of like the the dean of our department like the chair lady whatever she was like this top like lady right and like the whole religious studies community right and she was gonna actually leave for china to start like a school of faith there or whatever and i remember asking her because i had to talk to her about my senior thesis right and i just said dr nitre i have a question you know everything about every religion you know you can you probably know the bible more than most pastors i know like she knows everything about islam you know like buddhism taoism like all the things and i said since you know everything what do you believe and she said Mm -hmm. you know christina i always have students ask but I was going through a lot that year. And so she just was having a heart to heart with me, not on an academic level, but on a personal one. And she said, you know, even she said, you know, my brother, she said her base, her brother was in the hospital. They had a family member dying a while ago. And her brother asked her, where do we go when we die? And she said, you know, I practiced some Buddhist meditation and, you know, and all this stuff. But she said, she told her brother, honestly, I have no idea. She said, I don't know. And she said, you know, Christine, I, you know, I meditate and I do these things, but I don't know where we go when we die. And I thought to myself, that is so sad that you have someone, right, who knows everything to maybe to try to figure out, because I think her pursuit of religious studies was her trying to figure out where do we go when we die? Like, what is truth? 
but she had a dead end at the end of her life. She's an old lady, right? But Mm -hmm. here it is. We have Christ who through all the religions of the earth was the only one who said that you don't have to work for your salvation. You don't have to be reincarnated X amount of times to achieve Nirvana or salvation. He said, I will pave the way for you. And how amazing is that? Which is why it's under attack, you know? Absolutely. And so that is, that's the greatest gift we have. Christ did it all. He so did. But I love what, I love what Nova's saying though. It's not about, that he does it so that we therefore are completely shielded from pain or we're not going to yeah. feel, you know, he's, he is a shield. Yes. In the midst of the war, he is right there next to you in yeah. the Valley, you know, but like, but, but I love it. It's like, you know, he made a way for us yeah. so that we can walk in it. Like he already went ahead and then he is with us in it. And I, I just think that's just so, um, it's so interesting about the suffering aspect of about the, the shielding, but not shielding about the, the fighting for me, but I still have to do my part. Like it is this beautiful, like relationship, you know what I mean? Because it's even like what Cynthia was saying, like he knows what's going on inside of me, but he wants to hear it. He wants me to like respond. It's like, well, it's trade. It's training know? up. He's, he's look, he's a father. He's training. He's parenting. You know, when you teach, like if you take Nikki to boxing class as a little girl and you teach her, you you, you tell her, Nikki, I'm going to give you these boxing lessons. And then this way, you know how to protect yourself if someone ever attacks you. Right. Well, she's then she's going to be out there and she's she's going to be by herself sometime. And if she's attacked, if she just stands there and yells, mommy, mommy, you're going to say, Nikki, I gave you the boxing gloves. Pick them up and use them. Because you want her to be able to use them, not to be self-sufficient, but in order to get rid of those attacks really quickly. And I think God's always, he's teaching us, he's taught us, you know, everything we need to know to function is in the Bible, but we've got to use it. We've got to put on the gloves in the ring and we have to use we have to use yeah. the weapons he gives us. For, what does the Bible say? For the weapons of our warfare are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. You know, and really quickly, Boudreaux, you know, when you were speaking, it reminds me of a, a quote that Reinhard Bonnke made. And he said, you know, in other religions, the people prepare a banquet table for their gods. But in the oh. Christian faith, our God prepares a banquet table for us, his people. Wow. And on that banquet table, he's given us everything we need for life and godliness. And it's up to us to eat. Yeah, we have that blessed assurance, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. We have that blessed, and it is blessed. We have the assurance of Christ. He's the only one who defeated death. Yeah. He lives for us. He died for us. He lived for us and continues to live for us and with us. And that is, that is amazing because there is no other religion, right? Right. Like you said, Christina, that carries that kind of power and it can't be taken. It can't be Christ in us. We house him. He cannot be taken from us. People might take your name. People might take your idea. People might take what you started and say it was theirs, but they cannot take your salvation. No. Don't you think it's interesting that no other God makes the claim that he died and rose again and that you have to believe in his resurrection? Don't you find that odd? Like of all of the things you could argue about, that people can find to argue about from the beginning of time about religion. I mean, you know, people can find stuff to argue about, about politics on the most common sense issues, but I mean, religion, right? Faith. All these wars have been fought, right? In the name of faith and Christianity. But it is so interesting to me that no one else, no other quote unquote, God, small G has ever dared to lay claim to that huge claim that God made manifest on earth as the sun came here. He lived, he died on the third day. He rose again from the dead, taking our sins and the experience of sin with him right to the cross. 
and then resurrecting and overcoming death. And that the way to the father is through the son. I mean, I, there's not another religion, religion or God that makes that claim, which says something very interesting to me, you know, and it, for anyone listening or who might even stumble upon this, who's not a believer or who's struggling with faith. Why is Jesus the oldest part of our dialogue in history? I mean, like, it's just, it's like God and the existence of God and, and then Christ. It's like, it's this dialogue that never gets disproven, that never goes away, that can never be killed or eliminated. It's this, this dialogue, this reality that those who've experienced the power of God, the love of Christ and encounter with God, the son, they change their lives. They leave everything for it. They, they struggle. They, all these hundreds of years, thousands of years later have podcasts about Jesus, you know, about faith. Essentially, sure. We're real girls having real talk about real issues, seeking to apply real faith. Well, our faith is, is, is in Christ, right? We're Christians. So our identity and any of the struggles of our identity are always seeking to root back in him. You know, um, I just find it really powerful about the reality and the truth and the, you know, the inescapable fact of our God, you know, in Christ Mm -hmm. Jesus, um, as the son of God, you know? So it is, it's interesting when I, when I, you know, in this study, when I came to like, Hmm, you know, number four, you're saved. Like, wow, that should be so obvious. But then what does it really mean to be saved is a much bigger question. You know, it means we're supposed to walk in promises. We're supposed to claim these promises. And these promises include health. They include wellness. They, they, you know, they include even Jesus saying, look, you know, hey, there's going to be tribulation in the world. But fear not, I've overcome the world. So we know that we don't get a problem-free existence, you know, but we get an existence with constant victory. That's good. That is so, that's so, I mean, it's, 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 it's like your book. What is it? Your book is choosing victory, right? I choose victory. Yeah. I choose, yeah. But it's true. It's like knowing that like he wins, he fights for us and we love him. We serve him. We're part of his family. Like, I actually don't think about the fact that I'm saved every day. I don't think about it. It's such, it's actually a very evangelical thing to say, well, it's, it's like a moment in time. When did you get saved? Well, well, technically 15 years ago on this date at this time I got saved, but like it is an ongoing pro like process and an ongoing relationship with him, you know, until the day that we had the fullness of his salvation of when he comes back on the earth and he destroys the final enemy of death. And we, you know, everything is made right. Like I don't think about that. I think that if I do, if I would, just like how you brought up, God appreciates you. I don't think about that, but how much more so I do see the effect of this on our identity, identity and how it shifts our day-to-day experience. Like, no, we're not going to be shielded from a, we're not going to have this problem for existence, but we are going to have victory in our existence. And I love, you should hashtag that or something. That is so good. I, I guess you could say it's really is a point of going, I live from a place of victory. That's yeah. it. Yeah. You know? we're su- yeah. We're supposed to, you know, but I mean, look, the reality is, you know, when we had this amazing, I thought girl club last week, um, when we were really focusing on your appreciated and within days of that at some point during the middle of the week, I don't know, Wednesday, Thursday, you know, something really simple, driving my car down to pick up my other car, which was in the shop. So, and it's, you know, it's stressful. We're in LA. That's what that background is. If I'm ever on that background, you know, I'm in the guest house at my mother's. So for those of you watching, you'll get it. For those of you on podcasts, just imagine that there are, you know, lots of swans or storks behind my head. It's really way out there. But anyway, um, so, cause I've been stuck in LA, you know, in California, I got sick, 
you know, for a week and that grounded us. And then we got stuck another week because we have, you know, then it's like, well, we have to be in Vegas. So why, you know, now we better just stay and deal with the cars. And so we went to pick up one car to ship it and the battery wouldn't start because the car had been parked for six months. So, you know, and it's not the kind of car you can just do a regular tow. So two and a half hours in the middle of the night waiting for the tow truck to get there to get the car to the shop. The car finally gets to the shop. Forget the fact that the battery is, you know, then the guy says the battery is $1,400 and I wanted to shoot someone through the phone because I'm like, what kind of a battery for a car costs $1,400? Well, they have special little chips in it. Anyway, so, okay, you know, thank you, Jesus, that we can handle it. You know what I mean? I, I, I was like in the, in the zone, like, right? Because honestly, thank you, Jesus, that we can handle it. Then there's the other voice that says, yeah, but this is a waste of money. And so then the battle starts, you know. So then three days later, two days later, we're driving the other car down to get that car. And we have to stop and get gas because the car's on empty. And this is essentially a new car. I mean, there's 24,000 miles on it because we don't, I don't drive them very much because I'm never here. And so the car runs out of gas on the freeway on the 405 in traffic. So, and if any of you have experienced LA, like all of us have, you understand that when I say on the 405 in traffic, you might as well run out of water in hell because <laughs> that's about what it's like. So we coast the car off the freeway and praise God, he allowed the car to coast off the freeway to the side of a road. And now we're sitting there. We, why did this happen? This happened because when we stopped a few minutes prior on the way to the car dealer, to now fix car number two, because when we stopped to get gas, the cover plate wouldn't open. So the car ran out of gas because there wasn't enough to get it to the dealer to fix the fact that the gas cap wouldn't open. So the only way to open it would be to, you know, pry it open and break the side of the car. We couldn't do that. So, you know, now I'm on the phone with the car dealer and I'm, you know, very nicely saying, I don't understand how your new car has me stranded on the side of a road because I can't put gas in it because the thing is, the thing won't open. And, and the guy says, well, are you saying it's our fault? You ran out of gas. No, it's your fault. I can't put gas in the car. Like, so finally, you know, we get through that somewhere in the middle of all of it. <laughs> I had the heaviest attack come over me where I just felt like, you know, and oh, on top of it, I'm also aware that the day is getting blown. So Roger can't get to the hospital, get his test, which he needs to get which is a whole other stressful conversation um, on his neck again. And I just had this feeling, this heavy, dark cloud that rolled over me and my identity. And I just felt like, I mean, I just, I just started crying. Like, of course I don't let anyone see that I'm crying because I'm tough B. So no one can see that I'm crying. So I won't even let Roger see that I'm crying as we wait for the tow guy. But I'm thinking, I'm in a bad mood. I'm horrible, God. I I wish I could just, I just want to love and hug my husband, but who needs to go and deal with something far more important than this. And now we're both standing here waiting for, this is like in the middle of the day, everything's thrown. It's two weeks of constant thrown off my schedule. And I just felt really unappreciated, unloved, overlooked, horrible, you know, bad, unworthy, not a good person, just all of it, you know, all of it. And, and then somewhere toward the end of that day, as we're finally sitting down for dinner in car number one, cause thank God it was finally ready when car number two now went into the shop. Um, Summer texted in and she goes, auntie, I just want to thank you. She goes, I never say this, but I've been sitting here today thinking about what it means to be saved. And I just want to thank you for leading me to Christ. And I just want to thank you for giving me this relationship in my life and for fighting for it with me all through my years as a little girl. And I just want to say thank you for that. And I appreciate you so much. And I know that you're so appreciated by God. Now I'm sitting in the middle of dinner, of course, with my with Roger and my sister by that point. And I just put my head down and I'm just like, you know, head in, in a puddle because it was exactly what I needed to hear from God. And, and he always has those people 
you know, and he always wants to tell us, hey, you know, but it's not until we really lay ourselves prostrate before him, you know, which is why what you started with today, Christina, was so beautiful to me because it it was that moment where I just went, oh, God, I'm just going to sit here and cry. Like, I just feel awful. I can't do it. I mean, and I, I, and I even said to him, I can't do it. I need to hear from you. I need to hear from you today, God. Like, I need to know something, something, anything. I don't care. Tell me you hate me. Give me some resolve from this place of floating around wondering if I'm loved or appreciated or, or, or you know, worthless. Because at least if you know you're worth, like, my thing is if I know that I'm worthless and God hates me, at least I could go live a wonderful life of sin. <laughs> But, you know, when you love the Lord and you're a believer, you're kind of like, oh, my gosh, you know, if he doesn't love me, my life is over. You know, it, it's just all, and it's all this stuff, you know, that we go through struggling with our identity, you know, in Christ. And when I think about today and, and just the fourth thing on this list of what you need to know about your identity is that you're saved. It really, really makes me think about this even deeper because it just happened to me. What, when she thanked me for say, for leading her to Christ so that she could be saved. And then saying to me that I was appreciated by God for like, you guys, our lives, the small things that we take for granted are actually the big things. You know, mm-hmm. I was in a complete identity crisis, not at all really, being who I want it to be in a moment because all the little things weighed so much. But the reality is that the little things like that are the things that weigh the most. And it's a good weight. It's a weight of glory. Those other things are a weight of the world. You know, they're a weight of mm. pain. They're a weight of the enemy. Mm. Yeah. And you know, Cynthia, as you were um, talking, um, what came to mind, um, I just feel where it led to read this, you know, even in in Job chapter one, right? Mm-hmm. After Job loses like everything, his response in verse 20, you know, it says, then Job arose and tore his robe and shaved his head and fell to the ground and worshiped. And he said, naked, I came from my mother's room and naked shall I return. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And all that Job did, he did not sin or charge God with wrong. And I was just so like, just undone that Job recognized, and I'm convicted of this daily as I'm walking through like three intense valleys at the moment that I'm like, Lord, like Job's response to loss and suffering and fear and valleys was worship. And he recognized that he didn't, he came into the world with nothing and he'll leave with nothing. And he just gave God thanks, you know, like, mm-hmm. blessed be the name of the Lord. Like he didn't curse the Lord. And I just was nothing. Like, yeah. And it just is such a, and it just goes home to that like salvation thing that I'm like, God, he, he recognized, I think so deeply You know, and I think of even you and Roger's life, you know, that you guys have been, God has entrusted you guys with so much. You know, it says on the other side of Job's loss, God gave him double, right? That God has given you guys so much, even with everything that you have right now, you know, and and Franklin, you guys are developing property and all this stuff because you guys have been at this place where even in the midst of you having a week like that, you just have open hands, where, and you guys are so giving and you're so loving and everything that you've been, been entrusted with, you give back to the kingdom and you love people. And even when you were talking about, I think, you know, last year when those people came in and, and raided your home, you know, and stole, but how God was even in the details of preserving the things that meant a lot to you, you know, and I've never seen you guys, even in the midst of your suffering, turn your back on God but God has used all of it to bring people so close to him, you know? So even on the days where you're undone on the side of the road or at a restaurant, it's like, I know you and Roger enough to know that your response to loss and, and, and suffering is worship, you know, is thanking the Lord is giving him everything 
even, you know, and, and it just is so like, cause you guys have gone through a lot, you know, like Roger's health and, you know, family and, you know, moving and just, you guys got, you guys have gone through so much Cynthia. And I just felt like the Lord just wanted to just confirm that to you today that it's truly are like Job, which is why God could give you guys more on the other side of your suffering because you mm-hmm. constantly like, that's one thing the devil can't touch is that intimacy you and Roger have with the Lord. He could touch your home. He could touch your finances. He could touch your health, but he can't touch that because that goes so deep, you know? And so that just kind of remind like that, those verses reminded me of like you and Roger, you know, and just your response to like what you guys go through. Thank you. I yeah. appreciate that. Little sis. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I appreciate yeah. that very much. Um, yeah. You know, and look, I mean, <laughs> it's really interesting. You know, it's, it's, isn't it true that other people's experience of our identity is often so different than our own? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jeez. You know, it's, it's crazy. Which is why I think it's just such, that's why it's such a, like, high priority of the enemy to, you know, we, we talk about this thing in, like, in, like, fitness. A lot of people in fitness have body dysmorphia, where you literally will look in the mirror, and you cannot see your gains, you can't, all you can see is everything that's wrong with you. And I, that's, like, what, that is, like, his, I feel, like, one of his top attacks against humanity in general because we were made in the image of God we were made and created to express a a part a facet of God that no one else can express and like what you're saying about like I often feel that as well as like even the whole like am I even like blessing anyone like what's the point of my life we don't understand like the depths of like when we walk even in just in that simple Lord, I just need you have nothing. Cry into my salad plate. That in and of itself is expressing and reflecting his glory in a way that no one else can. And I'm just like, ah, I want to wage war against that dysmorphia of our identity of going, I can't, I literally cannot see who I am. And I think that's what brings us back. Just like I'm hidden in Christ. Like I'm being, I'm like right now I'm convicted. I mean, I'm like, I need to run to him. Stop running away run to him, seek him out. And that's where we can truly see ourselves hidden in him, you know, and truly reflect who he is because it's woven together in, in our fabric, in who we are, our quirks, our personality, our gifts, our weaknesses, all of it is meant to shine forth the light of Christ. And I, I just want to like jump on that. You don't understand Cynthia, how much yeah. you encourage me every Monday. I'm like, this is like my Monday touch point with you ladies and with all the ladies who are watching who like chime in in the comments. It is my touch point to go, oh yeah, it's just another reminder. Look at Christ. And then it's, it's in him, I will see who I am and then I can be more whole. I can live in joy and peace and all of that. Like we need each other here to, to just show up, share, be yourself. What happened this week? What are you going through? What is the Bible verse that pops in your head? Like, oh my gosh, CB. You have dropped so much like wisdom today that I'm just, I'm kind of reeling here. It's just like another little step to pull me out and to pull me, push me into this breakthrough. Like you sharing and what Nova shares, what Cynthia shares, like what, I mean, even like here, there's like verses that are being shared, hardships that are being shared in the comment section. And it, uh, it realigns me like, yes, I need Christ. Yes. We're in this together. Yes. Keep looking at him. Yes. Keep sharing. Keep, keep showing up, you know, you know, yeah. Show up. Uh, uh, Yeah. Show up. Uh, One thing I think I, it, that just hit me as you were talking, Christine is, um, I want to be met by Christ more than I want to be met by anybody else, but often Mm -hmm. I can flip that. I want to be met by people more than I want to be met by Christ. And I'm just, as you're talking, I'm processing. I'm like, man, is that what I really want? Do I really want to be met by Christ himself first before, not to say it's not, it's awesome, but 
there are times like I've, I've had the most lonely six months of my life. Cause I was before that inundated by people yeah. and doing for God with God, however that looks. And all of a sudden the, the water turned off and I was out mm-hmm. and I really have had to process this. Do I want Christ more than anything? Yeah. yeah. No, I, yeah. Look, I mean, it's okay, I think, to to need people also. I mean, yeah, you know, we'll right? a relationship. Yeah. yeah, totally. I mean, that's, 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 I think, Christina's acknowledgement about Girl Club yeah. and, you know, the yeah. blessing that it is, because it totally is. I'm, I am telling you guys, sometimes for me, it's just, okay, I, I made one commitment to just show up, right? And for, for, for here, for what we do in this studio, on this live stream and podcast every week, show up. And sometimes I show up and it's like, I don't know, Lord, I don't feel like I have any preconceived direction. You know, sometimes we'll have a direction that we're speaking in, you know, like really going through some things about, you know, your identity or about something I really feel is important for you guys to grab a hold of. But the reality is that in just showing up where we know that Jesus is and will be with us, puts us in position to win. That's the choice for victory right there. And then I realized that, you know, today, especially it's like, that's, that was my choice this morning because I'm telling you guys up until literally two minutes before I logged on, which was late for me, because I've been getting on so much earlier. Um, I was like, we should just cancel. I should just cancel. I should just cancel. And, you know, and, and then I'm like, then, then there's what, there's a blank hole for girl club today, you know, for all of you guys. And, and I didn't want to do that, you know, but I mean, that was the struggle, you know, that was the struggle this morning. And, you know, so just showing up, (laughs) just showing up before God, you know, just showing up for fellowship, just showing up in a place where, you know, you're going to hear the truth about your identity in Christ, not about your identity as a singer, a songwriter, an interior designer, an evangelist, a leader, a pastor, a friend, a sister, none of that. Just showing up before God and going, okay, I just need to hear something about who I am because I forgot. I think that's real. I think that's what this is about. I forgot who I am put me on track, God. For me, it's a lot about that on a lot of weeks, a lot of days. God, I'm struggling with who I am. Put me on track, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and won't he do it? Isn't he faithful? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Doesn't he always, you know, yeah. I, I, I got to tell you, Miche wrote in Habakkuk three verses 17 to 19. And it's really like, it's one of the comments. It's really got me. So Anna, if you could load it in, I, I feel like I'm, we're supposed to read it. So we understand what um, she's saying as we wrap up today. Uh, mm, though the fig tree doesn't bud and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be mm. joyful in God, my savior. Mm. Mm. Good. Mm. Mm. And that's the exclamation point. And that's the exclamation point because to me, that's what we want our identity to be about. Not about the temporal things that we can see, you know, the figs, the olive trees, you know, Habakkuk 3, verses 17 and 18. Can you throw verse 19 up there too, Anna? The sovereign Lord is my strength. Mm. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to tread on the heights. That's good. Write that down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I also want to just take a minute. We have a, a, a comment in from Power of a Virtuous Woman who seems to be going into the ER today. And she's saying she's scared and she's asking if we would all keep her in prayer um, her doctor did some labs and her hemoglobin has dropped from a 12 to a nine. So we just uh, want to quickly, we lift you up, sis. Um, mm. May your hemoglobin go right back up to where normal levels are. 
Mm. Whatever you're going through, be covered under your identity in Christ. You're healed. You're saved. Mm -hmm. And infirmity can have no place in your body because Jesus Christ is your savior. And may his name cover you. In Jesus' name. The very real things in our, our lives. We've hit the one hour mark, ladies. And um, it is time, I guess, for us to go. Does anybody have any comments, though, in closing? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm Cynthia Garrett. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Thank you for joining us here on Girl Club. Don't forget, we are just real girls having real talk about real issues and seeking to apply something very powerful, real faith. I'm Cynthia Garrett, and we'll see you next week. Hey, everybody. I'm Dale. And I'm Tamara. And we're hosts of the Kynos Project podcast. Where we help you tackle ancient Christian truths in everyday settings. The word kainos means new, and that's exactly what we want to do on our podcast. Bring something new from what is old in our faith. And on this show, you might hear us explore topics like what the Bible has to say about student loan forgiveness, discuss how the satanic temple affects our view of religious liberty in America, or even question why is it that so many people are having rapture anxiety. To learn more about the podcast, go to lifeaudio.com.